Yo, bring it back. Here's what you've missed on the bright side. We're joined in the studio this morning by Dr. Lim Hui Fang, and she is a specialist in respiratory medicine and intensive care at Mount Elizabeth Novena Hospital and Glen Eagles Hospital, Singapore. Welcome back, Dr. Lim. Hello, hi. Good morning, everybody. You were last here on World uh, Cancer, Lung Cancer Day mm. to tell us about, you know, some respiratory issues. And we mm. were so fascinated by your field of work, you yeah. know? Uh, tell us, Dr. Lim, what is the number one respiratory issue that patients come to see you about? So we do see a lot of patients with uh, either subacute or chronic coughs, usually after a acute uh, respiratory illness. Mm. Uh, the GPs uh, will refer these cases to us. However, we also do see a lot of uh, patients with chronic airway issues, though these form our bread and butter. Um, thirdly, I think we also are seeing a rise in perhaps um, chronic uh, cancer-related respiratory issues. Oh, wow. But those, those are not the majority. Okay. Those form, I would say, maybe 10-20% of our practice uh, because we, we do serve uh, other specialists and they do need help when they run into respiratory-related complications. Mm. I see. And has there been a rise in the number of cases that you see in the recent years? I mean, is there an age group that is most affected? So uh, what is definitely rising is the prevalence of uh, allergies. And allergies is rising because of the increase in perhaps, uh, um, uh, I would say, westernization, our habits, lifestyle, mm -hmm. uh, urbanization. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that is why I think the prevalence of, uh, of um, chronic respiratory illnesses like asthma is rising worldwide. Not wow. just in Singapore. Oh, wow. Yeah. When you say westernization, what does that mean? Oh, sorry. I perhaps shouldn't use the term westernization, <laughs> right? But, but, but um, meaning moving into a more urbanized uh, lifestyle. Okay. okay. Living in the cities, mm, okay. uh, staying indoors, not doing farming work anymore. <laughs> yeah. So is that pollution in the yeah, cities? Pollution, and all yeah, pollution, yeah. Definitely pollution, oh. indoor uh, exposure to house dust mite, aeroallergens like house dust mite, cockroaches. Oh my gosh. I don't know about the Western life, but uh, that is the Singapore life for me. <laughs> You know, okay. that's me Close, indoors all the time. Yeah, no False windows indoors. I mean, yeah. because we're in a tropical climate, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. need to keep the doors and windows shut for the aircon, yeah. and then every now and then open it up yeah, for the breeze. Right. But then there's the that's dust, right. then there's the cleaning, and then there's the haze, yes, that's right. uh, which we're meant to be in right now. It's the hay season, usually yes. uh, June to October. Yep. Um, can you tell us, you know, what groups of people are most likely to be affected by the haze, and why these groups of people? Okay. So there are three groups of uh, people that we would, we need to pay attention to, okay. namely the elderly, pregnant ladies and also that, uh, oh, sorry, children the elderly and pregnant ladies Oh wow! Mm. the elderly mainly because they have chronic, they usually have chronic medical issues sure, mm -hmm. such as uh, maybe heart disease, diabetes uh, chronic kidney disease, maybe cancer okay, and so what should these people take note of when they're outdoors? I think the first thing they need to note is uh, maybe pay attention to the 24 hour PSI level, okay. so they know how uh, healthy uh, how healthy the air quality is. Mm. So when it reaches uh, more than 100, it's unhealthy. Okay. More than 200 is very unhealthy. So they, they may need to pay attention to the amount of time they spend outdoors. Mm. Ah, or like, uh, does it help if they go outdoors and they wear that, you know, the, the special... N95, yes. uh, yeah, the N95 mask does uh, filter out these fine particles. Yeah. However, if they are not outdoor for too long, okay, so we only recommend N95 mask wearing if they are going to be outdoors for hours. But most of the time, uh, it's just a simple commute, right? Um, yes, yes, yes. You know, walking from your HDB flat to the MRT station. Sure. So if it's just five minutes, there's no need for a... Uh, 
uh, uh, N95 mask. Oh, okay. But if you're going to be outdoor uh, for hours, uh, do uh, or if you intend to do strenuous physical activities, yeah. then perhaps that's not a good idea if you're in a vulnerable group. Oh, mm. I see, I see. That makes sense. Yeah, Because we do have people who uh, spend some significant amounts of time outdoors, yes. like, you know, our construction workers, our mm-hmm. waiters mm-hmm. in outdoor mm-hmm. cafes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these people should be wearing N95 masks? Uh, there are actually, uh, um, you know, MOM, Ministry of Manpower, there are actually rules in place to oh. protect these uh, outdoor workers. That's mm-hmm. So, That's so meaning the employers are supposed to also pay attention to the PSI levels. Mm-hmm. So if uh, there is, if it hits, hits uh, unhealthy, or very very unhealthy levels, um, the the employers are supposed to uh, minimize the amount of strenuous physical activities to try and replace it with machinery. Okay. Uh, so that it's automated rather than human. Uh, sure. Getting the human to do the strenuous physical activity. That's one thing. Sure. The second thing is there's mandatory uh, breaks, mm-hmm. uh, or there's. Uh, that standardized amount of time they can spend outdoors. Mm. This, these are all, all measures in place to minimize uh, their exposure to the to, to inhalation of these fine particles. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Mm. Yeah, but let's just say that, you know, if uh, they should just take these precautions for themselves, right? You know, not just wait for what's mandated as well, right? Yes, so that's right. Look um, after themselves, you would say, mm, would, uh, you know, wear a mask. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty sure outdoor cafes, if there's haze going on, I'm not sitting outside. So <laughs> I want to invite, I will invite my server to join me inside. Oh, yes, that's sweet. Yes, yes, right. It's the bright side. We're joined this morning by Dr. Lim Hui Fang, who is a specialist in respiratory medicine. If if you have any questions, hey, drop us a WhatsApp, 88550913, or you can join us on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash 1FM91.3. More with Dr. Lim in just a bit. Earlier on, we're talking about the haze and how we can actually take steps to mitigate the effects of the haze indoors and outdoors. But also because of COVID, right? We wanted to know, Dr. Lim, how does long COVID, uh, uh, how are patients affected by the haze and what are some of the symptoms of long COVID? Yeah. Sure. So we do see a lot of patients who develop uh, post-COVID bronchitis. Uh, Or sometimes what happens is that they may have asthma as a child, but after getting COVID, due to the lingering effects of the post-COVID inflammatory response, Mm -hmm. then they develop persistent uh, respiratory symptoms. So most of the time they will present with a cough, a persistent cough that doesn't go away, usually um, associated with chest tightness, hacking, worse at night. Mm -hmm. So if that happens, that usually means they have a lot of airway, maybe lower airway uh, inflammation. That's when they get referred to the respiratory specialist and we do have to start them on inhalers. So my recommendation for perhaps uh, patients who just recover from COVID is that during the during a haze during the haze period, they mm-hmm. should take extra effort to maybe see a doctor control the underlying airway inflammation better mm-hmm. so that they don't flare up and they don't get this persistent cough. So what do we mean? Inhalers perhaps? Maybe a little bit of uh, uh, maybe some decongestion? Suppress all the inflammation. Number two, stay hydrated. Number three, if they are smokers, stop smoking. Mm. Uh, Number four is like they may be, they may have to uh, reduce their exposure to outdoor uh, strenuous physical activities Mm. during the haze period. Yeah, maybe do their physical activities indoors for how long? Perhaps uh, up to three to four months Mm. post COVID. Uh, so that they can recover faster. Okay. Because it does take a long time, right? Yeah, For the lungs, it, yes. you know, this internal yes. organ to recover. Yeah. That's a really good point because a lot of us, you know, we think like, oh, once we're recovered, we're good to go, you know, exertion mm-hmm. and everything. And mm-hmm. with the haze coming up, mm-hmm. it's so easy to just uh, throw caution to the wind mm-hmm. or the haze even. Yeah. Yes. What uh, per- sorry, what percentage of Singaporeans are actually suffering from long COVID? 
We okay. I don't think there are any specific studies done in Singapore per se. However, uh, uh, internationally, the the estimation. The estimated prevalence of long COVID is ten uh, percent. Mm. Wow! And it's not necessarily in the severe COVID patients. Okay. It's uh, more in the it, we we actually see um, more in the mild uh, COVID uh, cases. Okay. So someone could have had very mild COVID symptoms and then mm, be correct, suffering correct. from COVID. Yes, How does that exactly. work? Ah. Yeah, that's right. So essentially, what we are looking at is the what what the virus does is that it it, it turns on a switch right in some patients oh, no. maybe these 10% of the patients they develop a auto inflammatory response okay so what they are suffering from is not so much the virus anymore but it's their own response their own immune response mm. ah, it could be like just a, maybe an over yeah, uh, right. reaction of yes, the immune system on, yes. this is so interesting yes, yes. I mean, you never think about it everything poor COVID-19 getting blamed for everything <gasps> oh. no, it's an interesting <laughs> just virus joking. my father-in-law is one of those people with oh, long COVID I mean he's okay. a super healthy dude mm, I, know, I mean okay. he goes walking every mm. day but now he's like hacking his coughing all of a sudden mm. there'll be lots mm. of phlegm coming out mm. out of nowhere mm. but as Dr. Lim says it mm. can be reversed it just takes some time mm. and you got to get the yeah. proper medication right. and procedures in yeah. place. Your father-in-law will be healed. He needs to come see her. I think so too. <laughs> I got a great question from uh, one of our brightsiders. Willie says, good morning, Dr. Lim. Does conditioning training, you know, instead of having a super clean environment, um, improve asthmatic issues or sinus infection? That's an interesting question. Okay, so I think perhaps what you're referring to is desensitization therapy. I think so. Um, okay, well, it wouldn't work for uh, chemicals and pollution, but okay. what you can train your body to be desensitized to is aeroallergens. Like Maybe, dust. Yeah, house dust mites, oh. co uh, cockroach, things that are pollen. But okay. it requires a controlled amounts in the form of uh, medication. So we oh. do offer house dustmite immunotherapy in the form of what? maybe sprays and tablets. We have these house dustmite extracts <laughs> that you put Whoa. under the tongue. Oh but you gosh. need to commit to it. It's okay. not for everybody. So it's for people who can who first are suffering significantly from okay. allergic symptoms. Uh, it's affecting their lifestyle. It's affecting their quality of life. It's making mm. them flare up repeatedly. Okay, so oh. patients with severe enough symptoms okay. or persistent enough symptoms. And number two, it's um, they must be able to commit because if you need three years to train your immune system to become oh, desensitized. Wow. Three years? Yeah, three years. Well, if you think about, you know, our lifespans are so much longer right now. Three years is over in a blink of an eye. But also Dr. Lim is very nice, so I don't mind joining three years with Oh, you. so sweet. <laughs> so three years yeah, and then you start them on this and you slowly increase, increase, increase. Increase, increase, um, or and then decrease, decrease, decrease. Oh the, no, we, we put uh, them on a steady dose. So ah. what it does is that it tells your immune system, hey, this aeroallergen is not an invader. Oh, right, you learn to recognize it uh, as a like as like a like an innocent bystander. So I it's see. no longer an enemy. I so see. your body's immune system is not going to overreact against this uh, allergen. Will you at the start of this program mm. experience some of the symptoms? Uh, yes, definitely. Ah. So that's why uh, we we first we have to. Confirm that the patient is really allergic okay. to the and and having allergic symptoms. Oh. Okay, it's not enough to just do a skin prick test, oh. but we must take a proper uh, history from the patient to make sure that truly when they are exposed to this aeroallergen, they have allergic symptoms. I see. Yeah, That's then, so fascinating. Mm, then yeah. after that, we have to explain to them uh, what kind of allergic side effects they may experience. We have to pre-medicate, uh, make sure that they are controlled properly before 
we start down the immunotherapy. So it's not for everybody, but for patients who want to you know, get on top or maybe overcome some of their allergic sure, symptoms, sure. then we, we can offer that. And what's the success rate of it? So most of the time, I would say that uh, after three years, the symptoms will mostly go away, more than 80, 80, 85%. However, oh, wow. uh, some of the patients may need a longer course. Of course. Mm. Of course, everyone's you know different. I'm yeah. listening to this and all I can hear is, this is a good reason to be allergic to housework. <laughs> <laughs> no, then you'll be put on a three-year... <laughs> Huh? Housework desensitizing. Then, you no do housework as, for me. No, no, but then you'll be made to do like a lot of housework until you find that actually housework is not a chore. <laughs> Think again, lady. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, if not, uh, if not for Dr. Lim, I would have that very good excuse, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. One more great question from Eileen. She says, is the reusable mask good against the haze? Maybe we can take that question on Facebook uh, mm -hmm. live and yeah. we'll revisit it if we need to back here on on air. Join us. Thank you so much, Dr. Lim. We had a very interesting conversation on our Facebook Live because this is something that happened the previous time you were in our studio. Uh, Shazad actually has mild asthma and then he was shocked to discover, uh, you know, about how he was managing it. He wasn't managing it in the best possible way. So you talked about this common misconceptions with asthma, the treatment and the need for a proper action plan endorsed by the doctor. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say to all that? Okay, great. So uh, now that we're back on live, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, to summarize, um, I think uh, um, most common uh, misconception is that patients do not recognize that uh, asthma, even when they smile, is still a chronic respiratory issue. Right. Okay, they may not need medications every day. However, they need to have the right inhaler, a preventive, a controller reliever uh, when they are sick. So they should actually uh, speak to their doctors to figure out what to do okay, to prevent an asthma attack, which mm. essentially is a lung attack. Okay. Mm. okay. Because mild asthma patients, if they get the bad virus or a bad exposure to something that they are allergic to, right. a mild asthma patient can have a very severe attack. They mm. can end up in the hospital. They can oh. end up in the ICU even. Wow. So I, I would say 50% of the patients who end up in the ICU for a life-threatening asthma attack are actually mild asthmatics mm. not okay. properly um, controlled okay yeah. so uh, a lot of patients the second misconception is that they think that when they are using their inhalers they become dependent on it the concept is wrong, wrong rather because it's a chronic issue so they are actually using their inhalers to control it to get on top of it so that they become free from asthma free from Ooh. asthma symptoms so what should they be doing? So I think a lot of patients, they use the blue inhaler. The blue inhaler is a reliever, it's not a controller. So that's a third misconception. They think that they are well when they are using the blue inhaler. But the blue inhaler is the one where they, it, 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 like I was just explaining just yeah. now, okay? Uh, asthma is like where there's a fire burning inside your airways. There's a lot of inflammation. But the blue inhaler is a simple reliever. It's just like a handheld fan. <laughs> it makes you feel temporarily good, but it, it less hot. Mm. But it's not going to treat the underlying problem. Right. What they need is a controller. The okay. controller comes in different colors, purple, orange, <laughs> yellow, but it's not blue. Just not blue. Ah, interesting. Okay? Yeah, but th that's the one that they need to use to control the inflammation. Okay. And then the, s the blue inhaler will play a supporting role. When they are completely well controlled, they don't need the blue inhaler ah, at all. Because ah. that's the one you called Shazad out on. He mm. had that blue inhaler ah, in his pocket, right? Yes. And then, yes, there was a whole little mini lecture going on in the studio. <laughs> and Shazad yeah. actually had kind mm. of uh, had it as like a an epiphany. Yeah. Like he, when he 
realized. Yeah, right? yeah. He, and he also was so used to carrying it around yes. because he saw that as the solution all yeah, the time. Right. He says yeah. it's a habit to have it in my pocket yeah. now because they feel reassured, or, yeah. or, or rather, they can't live without the blue inhaler because they're not well controlled. Mm. Ah. They, they feel that every time they get a bit of a trigger, be it a virus or a dust exposure or chemical or pollution exposure, they feel that, oh, then they quickly take the blue inhaler and they get a quick relief. Sure. However, that suggests that they're not so well controlled. Ah, mm. That is really, this is enlightening because I think mm. a lot of people I, I too thought that mm. the blue inhaler was all mm. anyone needs. Wow. Like the be-all and end-all of everything for yeah. asthma. Yeah. My patients are using more than two times a, a week. I'll tell them two times is too much. Wow. Mm. Uh, because you're not getting to the yeah, root of the problem. Right. They should be asthma symptom-free. Okay, so part of this is because at the beginning when they were diagnosed, you know, was not properly managed. Yeah. You know, maybe the information was not available mm. to them at the time. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for shedding some light on that. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Lim, last question. When should someone come to see you for a respiratory condition? At what point? <laughs> okay, so I think uh, we have a very good population of GPs uh, mm. out there. So they are the ones that you should go and talk to whenever you have a respiratory uh, issue. However, if you have persistent uh, respiratory symptoms that do not get well uh, after seeing the, the uh, uh, your regular doctor. So persistent symptoms maybe after more than three to four weeks, uh, then perhaps may have to find out whether there's something else more subacute going on. Because whenever we see a patient, we need to identify what the problem is. Okay, is it still the same problem or is it a a, a different problem? Mm. Yes. Okay. So most of the time it's cough, right? Cough, yeah. cough, 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 cough. Yeah. Uh, persistent cough. Uh, uh, one thing I'm noticing that I have, okay, I personally have this issue. It's a runny nose. It's like uh, a persistent yes, yes. runny nose. Out of nowhere, you're fine most of the time. Then suddenly you, you're talking to someone, your nose starts dripping. I've noticed some people have that same symptom. What is going on there? I think many many people actually have chronic allergic asthma. Right. But it can be mild, moderate or severe. Mild patients, they may not have symptoms all the time because it depends on what they are allergic to and when they are exposed to the thing that they are allergic to. Mm. Right. So most of the time, they may be having just some mild, uh, mild, uh, like what I have now, mild stuffiness. Doesn't yeah, bother okay. me. Yeah. Okay, but if I'm doing spring cleaning, I'm allergic to house dust mite. And then right. boom, my nose oh. will start dripping. That's a kind of asthma reaction. Uh, no, it's not. It's an allergic reaction. Allergic reaction. Yeah. Ah. Okay. It's an allergic response, but upper airway. Okay. But okay. if it's not well treated and it constantly flows to the back of the throat, that's when they may develop a chronic cough. So when oh. we see a patient with chronic cough, we have to figure out, is it... Where, where's the problem coming from? Then mm. we fix the problem and then the cough should improve. Ah, I see. Oh. So I should come see you. This has been going on for years. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you better be go and see her, okay? Right okay. No, we're going to make an appointment for you off air. <laughs> yeah? And see her. Dr. Lim, thank mm. you so much for joining mm. us today. Uh, I'm not sure if I should check with the doctor on this. I feel like I should just answer this. But from one of our listeners, it says, you know, regarding the haze, should I pluck my nose hair so that, uh, you know, the natural... <laughs> should I not pluck my nose hair so that the natural filter works better? Gurmit, I'm going to stare at the camera. Gurmit, <laughs> do you know how painful it is to pluck your nose hair? Don't do it. <laughs> and wear a mask. <laughs> I'll answer that for you, Dr. Lim. She's not rolling her eyes, so that's good, okay? Uh, Dr. Lim Huifang is the specialist in respiratory medicine and intensive care medicine at Mount Elizabeth Novena Hospital and Glen Eagles Hospital, Singapore. Thank you once again for being Thank here you. with us Thank today, you. Dr. Yeah. Lim. The Bright Side with Carol, Lavinia and Shazad. Every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 1FM 91.3.